Welcome to Lynn Cullen Live, talk radio without the static. Email your questions and comments to lynn at pghcitypaper.com. And now your host, Lynn Cullen. Hello there and a good morning at you. It's uh, a Tuesday, the 20th of March, and my sister Susan is uh, in, I suspect, sunny uh, Southern California as opposed to us. Suze, hi. Susan? Good morning. Oh, hi. Good morning. I didn't hear you at first. There you are. Hi. How you doing? I'm here. Okay. Uh, I, I, I think I'm okay. Okay. Well, I just have, before we get into it, because it's a chock-full news kind of a day, before um, we get to all of that, I just found this little tidbit that I wanted to send on to you and any other people that suffer uh, quite a bit from nausea, okay? Nausea, I've, I've often said I'd rather be in pain than have nausea. I don't know about you, given a choice. But, uh, well, yeah, I mean, too. What? What, which would you pick, pain or nausea? I, I, I said me too, nausea. Oh, nausea. I didn't. No pain. No. <laughs> yeah, right. Pain. Pain. Anyway, nausea is just awful. There was this thing in the New York Times Science section today which says, take some rubbing alcohol, just the kind you might have at home, and uh, soak uh, some cotton or anything in it. And stick it up to your nose and sniff. It says that that is as good as anything that the, anybody's got. That's, and they've done tests, the studies, and they say it works as well as does the kind of stuff they use to control nausea and chemotherapy. So, wow. I know. Give it a Thanks shot. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm I'm gonna try it. I mean, why didn't we know about this? Uh, I don't know. I've never heard of it. That's absolutely ridiculous. And if for um, you know people that like me have anxiety that manifests in nausea, right? You know, that's that's a nice thing to know. Yeah, just carry around a little bottle of uh, rubbing alcohol. And 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 then snort it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, you just sniff. This is for some reason. I mean, uh, they, yeah, the studies were done on people who had, yeah, severe nausea, medium to severe, um, and a half hour after, I mean, it doesn't kick in right away, a half hour after sniffing the stuff, um, well, actually, no. People who took a drug and sniffed, and people who just sniffed and took an oral placebo, the oral placebo and just sniffing people had more relief. So, I don't know. Must. Mm. It's worth a try. Okay. Well, just saying. I'll put it in my, I'll put it in my quiver of remedies. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Okay, uh, we got so much garbage going on. It's uh, it's something. It's uh, oh. so we have a school shooting in uh, Maryland. Uh, not we much. Do. Oh, see, it's, 
Honestly, it's so early here that I don't. You don't even know that. that. Well, okay. There's been a school shooting in a, I believe, a high school in in Maryland, uh, St. Mary's County, and uh, at this point, we don't know much. Uh, parents are being told to go to another location. Um, there are injuries. Nobody's saying much else. Um, I always, I don't like to say much either because, I mean, some people start shouting out numbers, this many injured, that many, this, and at, in the early, you know, moments, you don't know. But it happened apparently about 8.30 um, Eastern time uh, today. So there's that. There is whatever the hell's going on in Austin. Uh, three package bombs there, two two packages, one a trip-wired package, um, and now a fourth bomb, which was uh, at a FedEx facility about an hour out of Austin, but the package that blew up was supposed to be delivered to an Austin address. So there's some serial bomber. But that's a totally different M.O. Yeah, that's but no, totally but... different M.O. Yeah, but you don't know. It was coming yeah, to us. No, I'm not, I'm, not suggesting, I'm not suggesting that it's a different person. Right. I'm suggesting... I, I, yesterday I heard that they even sent, you know, were saying to whoever this is, just tell us what you want. You know, and... and the response was the tripwire, the tripwire bomb. So basically, what he wants or she wants is to kill people, um, and that's what they want. And to that's play a game. and to play a game with the uh, FBI, which yeah. is I'm smarter, mm-hmm. I'm smarter yeah. than you are. I mean, it's the you know yeah. we sort of know the psychological profile of any of these people, um, but I think. My understanding is the FBI tries to, I mean, all law enforcement try to engage the person uh, or, you know, lure them out a little bit in hopes of learning more because nothing, they don't have anything to go on yet, apparently. So that's that's a little disconcerting. Um, uh, Good news uh, here, uh, both the federal appeals court in one case and the Supreme Court in uh, another uh, have turned down uh, Pennsylvania Republicans uh, and their efforts to prevent the new uh, congressional district map from being uh, uh, put into, put into, what do you call it, put into... Put in, uh, you know, um, geez, I hate that when my head goes numb. And you're not helping. What? If, come on. I'm not helping. Well, you must be able to know. Your head can't freeze like, like mine at the exact same moment. Anyway, the two, all these justices uh, said to the Republicans, eh-eh. Yeah, they come, they, 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 they upheld the. They um, upheld. The, they refused, the, and they, well, they didn't uphold it. They refused to review it. That's right. So the Supreme they, Court they refused refu- to review it. It's the same thing as. Right. It's the same thing as right. upholding it. Exactly right. So yeah. And um, uh, in the one Pennsylvania, case, 
now has new districts, and that's good because the people who want to run in those districts have to get their nomination papers in, I think, by tomorrow. (laughs) And it wasn't clear. (laughs) It really wasn't clear where anybody lived anymore. All the districts have been, you know, we're we're all in different districts. And uh, if you look at a map of what used to be when the Republicans drew the lines and what is now when the state Supreme Court drew the lines, it is it's really it's fascinating the 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 map we have now looks like you'd expect a map to look like you know every district is like a hunk uh, you know right there and the the republican gerrymandered map had districts that were like you know just uh, unbelievable snaking around each other uh, sometimes narrowing to one house going over off into the and all you have to do is look at those two maps and say, okay, one of these maps has been gerrymandered. <laughs> the other is a reasonable, uh, a reasonable division. Um, it's so obvious. It's beyond belief. So there's a lot of miserable uh, Republicans in Pennsylvania today, and uh, there is a very good chance that minimally three uh, House seats in the U.S. Congress uh, will go to Democrats that had been held by Republicans just from Pennsylvania in the effort to uh, retake the House. So all that. How do you think what? the average? Re- how do you think the average Republican feels about um, the way the party has them behaving the last several years? And the way the law views the way their party has been behaving the last several years. I mean, at what point do you feel total shame for being associated with, you know, right. a group of people that um, are are now just clearly been pointed out to be scofflaws? I mean, they break the law to get what they want. Right. They cheat. And. and and, and, I mean, it's clear it's happened. We see their president. We see the way their Congress is acting. We see the way they respond to allegations of criminality. And, and it's everywhere. How can anybody in their right mind call themselves a Republican? Well, but you're speaking as a Democrat. I mean, but I'm not. I'm no, but you as, are. You can't have a U.S. I, American citizen. I, well, I, Susan, I agree. Yeah, I mean, I agree with you, but we have gotten to a point where tribal politics have uh, trumped uh, citizenship. Um, But I don't know, when you said average Republican, you already lost me, because I don't know what that definition is anymore. There isn't one anymore. Well, I don't think any of them are Republican. I think they... the people I'm thinking of, I'm. I guess they still call themselves Republican, but I don't know that they're happy about it. Um, I, I mean, they don't have to become a Democrat; they just have to become an independent. No. Just get out of of or that. Or take their party back, or take their party. Oh, back. and that par- the party is is toast. Um, the, the, what's really more stunning to me, more than the people uh, are the members of Congress who are Republican. 
and that there's not really you are clearly not people. There's not a no. They are not people. They are, I mean, craven, self-interested, and definitely not putting their country over um, their party and their power. And I, I, you know, even the few that are given kudos for every once in a while saying something, standing up to Trump, even they, really, there's not a one that I, I can look to and say, wow. There's a man or a woman of, uh, of true principle. Um, I, I don't know. And, and then we find out that did this Cambridge Analytica thing, which when it first broke, this is the, this is the uh, data company uh, that works That for, was founded by Bannon. That was founded by Steve Bannon, which is something that I don't see a lot of people saying. Uh, the Washington Post had a piece today in which they said that Bannon had some association with it. Are you friggin' kidding me? He was a founder. It was one other guy. They founded it. He founded it. Now, it gets more complicated. It's really essentially Cambridge Analytica is essentially a shell company that is... Um, that is registered in Delaware, as any generally criminal outfit is. <laughs> Man, those Delaware incorporation well, laws must be fair, Lynn, but What? I'm telling you, if I know, I know. But if you're up to no good, what's the state you incorporate in? Well, I suppose Delaware. among the many, Delaware. Delaware. That is correct. So it's sort of like all these freighters plying the oceans that, you know, I couldn't meet standards anywhere. They're, they're all Panama. I mean, there are places people know to go to get the papers you need to be able to. Uh, and you're right. Not every Panamanian ship, not every Delaware corporation. But I was hardly shocked when I saw that Cambridge Analytica was uh, registered in Delaware and is almost wholly owned by the Mercer family. The Mercer family, ladies and gentlemen, who single-handedly have helped to destroy American democracy with their ill-gotten gains. They are the ones who have funded every, I mean, even more so than the Koch brothers. They have replaced the Koch brothers. Um, in their evil... Yeah, the Koch brothers seem principled next yeah, to Yeah, I Mercer. know, it is. It is. They <laughs> seem principled next to the Mercers. <laughs> Jesus. Really what the <laughs> hell? Unbelievable. And anyway, so they... they this shell company is... Uh, holds the intellectual property rights to all this psychographic crapola that they have used uh, in their propaganda wars. But the company itself, where the people work, is in London under the name SCL. So that Cambridge Analytics is a subsidiary kind of shell company. And when it was founded with the Mercer money, Steve Bannon was one of the founders. We know Steve Bannon and Mercer and then on top of it, there's also a Russian scientist. 
you know, when the book finally gets written, I you know, I don't know if I'll ever be able to even comprehend the level of chicanery and criminality afoot in this whole horror well, show. Well, and it's been going on for, I mean, with the, with the Trump family, it's probably been going oh, on for decades. So, you God. know, there's a lot to uncover. So for those of you who didn't see it, I want you to uh, make an effort. There is a, uh, a, a network in, in Great Britain called uh, Channel 4, not to be mistaken with our WTAE television here. Channel 4 in uh, England is, uh, is a, a private, uh, you know, the, the private uh, network as opposed to the BBC. And they they have a blockbuster. Uh, did you see it, Susan? I did. Yeah. I watched it last night. It's a 20-minute piece um, that they did undercover. It was a sting. What I love about it, it was the journalist stinging the stingers. They, they did the same kind of thing. <laughs> To the, they did the same kind of thing that came, that the, that they did that awful, that awful person. Yeah, Nick's with the with Planned Parenthood. Oh right, yeah. they no, but that's not what I'm talking about. They uncovered uh, Cambridge Analytica's top top of top three guys um, themselves incriminating themselves because right, right. They, they, they and they did so. A total, they, this is what Cambridge Analytica was bragging to the Channel 4 reporter about how they get politicians to do what they want them to do. They use undercover, they, they film surreptitiously, they get uh, pretty Ukrainian call girls to show up in places, they always have cameras, or they get someone posing as a land developer, come in... Uh, to, let's say, a presidential candidate and say, look, I'm willing to give you, you know, some astronomical sum of money if you will ensure that I have access to that parcel of land that I want to put a building up on. Meanwhile, that's all sham. They wait until the guy agrees. There's a handshake, and they've got it all on tape. And then they blackmail. So... The Channel 4 report has these guys, the head of it, this Nix, who's going to be going to jail, jail, the chief executive, bragging, bragging to, a, to the Channel 4 reporter who is posing as a possible client who wants them to work on an election in Sri Lanka. And the back and forth is mind-blowing. I, it, My favorite part was when they were when they were talking about you know how they would use women, and the person who's the the stinger is going, you aren't going to use Sri, Sri Lankan Lanka women, women, are women you? from his right women from his country, no. and that's when they say, oh no, we bring in Ukrainians, and they go, oh, they're pretty Ukrainian. Yeah, and they're and, pretty. And, I mean, and the conversation is like I, I know, and the other uh, one says Nick says they get the job done. If you haven't seen this, find it on the internet. 
Check it out. And I have to tell you. Or you have a Ukrainian girlfriend. (laughs) (laughs) Listen, I have to tell you. There's part two coming out tonight in England. Um, So in a few hours, I suppose, or six hours ahead of us, I don't know when this would be prime time in in England tonight. Channel 4 has part two. They haven't shown everything they got. And my understanding is that part two will have a lot more about what these guys did in the United States for Trump. We already have Nix, the CEO, bragging uh, publicly about uh, essentially helping to win uh, the election for Donald Trump. So we've got Russian bots and the Kremlin helping Trump, spreading disinformation. And now we've got Cambridge Analytica explaining in detail what they did. We now have Mark Zuckerberg and, and uh, Facebook pulled into this because Cambridge Analytica got the raw material to get at Americans through Facebook. Um, Facebook has been so, so, I mean, let's talk about how naive the people, like, you know, maybe it's not good if, if everybody running your company is under 35. <laughs> <laughs> well, may, I thought you were going to say maybe it's not not good that you, average Joe America, chooses that way to share information with your friends and family. There, oh no, no, no. Well, I actually, I will, crazy. I will say, I posted something yesterday. Yeah, I posted something yesterday saying, um, you know, perhaps this is the signal that we should all just get off. Say goodbye to Facebook. You know, it's over. That's that's right. Go back to, you know, you want to tell somebody something, call them, even text them, write them a letter, see them in person. Let's go. We're finding out that this brave new world is a horror show. It's a horror show. It gives you the sense of closeness and ability to communicate. But I heard a reporter say something that I thought was just ingenious because we forget this. He said, look, anytime something is free, and Facebook is free, right? You don't pay to have a Facebook account. Anytime something they're is making free, money off you somehow. they're making money somehow, and you know how? When something's free, guess what? You are the product. You are what is being bought and sold. Access to you, to your thoughts, to your purchases, to everything. It's you who are how Facebook makes money because they allow these third parties to come in and scoop up information about you. It's not... I. I remember thinking, oh, my God, that's right. So anytime there's something free, ask yourself. There's nothing free. When something's free, you can bet that you are being bought and sold in some manner. And it might seem like, oh, so what? I get all this. Well, now you're starting to see, so what? You can watch your democracy get taken away from you, just pulled out from under you like a rag rug. Um, I... 
I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Listen to some of what's in the, the piece. Here, here are the guys from Cambridge Analytica. Again, Steve Bannon, interestingly. Oh, guess who else was on the initial uh, founders list? It was Steve Bannon, and guess who else? A certain general uh, named Flynn. Oh, yeah, it was Flynn. It was Flynn. He's Carl now Michael Flynn, who was, who was railroaded and was a good guy, and the only reason he confessed is to protect his son. Yeah, right. Oh, oh sure. So you've got these same characters popping up over and over again, and if you think all of this isn't part and parcel of what Bob Mueller has on his desk, this, I mean, wow, this just makes Richard Nixon and Watergate and their dirty tricks look like, I mean, it's so cute. <laughs> it's Nixon. It was just so right, sweetly. Right. They just broke in and took a file cabinet. Yeah, and they <laughs> and they sent out little pamphlets that weren't really true, and they pretended it was like child's play. So here's what some of these uh, guys, Cambridge, the top dogs at Cambridge Analytica, are telling this uh, reporter posing as a potential client. Now, granted, many of our clients don't want to be seen to be working with uh, us, to be working with a, a foreign company. So that's no problem. We can set up fake IDs. We can set up websites. We can be students doing research projects attached to a university. We can be tourists. There's so many options that we can look into. And then the the really I think they they called it ghosting in and ghosting out. We can ghost in and ghost out and they don't even know we've been there. That's right. And then they talk about we just go, we offer they talk about how they get a politician. And you wonder how many politicians in the United States have they essentially bribed, I mean, are blackmailed, terrorized. How many? I mean, I've often, I feel that Trump is one of them, and that's from the Kremlin. But I don't, I don't know. Uh, they also flat out said, and I don't know if I can find the, again, chilling, but something we know. They talk about how their tactics, when they're mining all this information and the psychology of you, they're looking to see what scares you. And they flat out say, sometimes people don't even know that they're frightened about something until we tell them, this is scary. And they flat out say, the way you win is not with facts. You don't win by having a better program or this and that. You win by channeling their emotion. Now, we've right. seen that being played out in our own politics, and I have said ad nauseum for a million years that the Republicans have always employed the, the tapping into the easiest, most reptilian emotions, and that is fear and anger. And that's how they win. They always have to have scapegoats to be afraid of or to be angry about. 
whether that's gays in the past, whether it's immigrants now, whether it's black people, whether it's, it doesn't matter. That's how they know to rouse their voters, through fear. And this guy flat out says, yeah, it's not about facts. I mean, you got these idiot Democrats standing up there saying, and I will do this, and the program I have for that. And they lose. They lose. They lose. Because they don't understand that people don't vote with their heads. They vote with their emotions. That's all rather depressing, <laughs> I must say. I must say. Well, um, you know, we all vote with our emotions, but some of us vote with positive emotions and some of us vote with negative emotions. I don't think you can, you know, claim to take it out of, ever take it out of anything. You need emotion to get your, your voters up off their tush and into the, yeah. into the voting booth. So, I right. mean, emotion is necessary. What we're quibbling about is which emotions we, we deem appropriate to use thusly. Right. Michelle Goldberg in uh, the New York Times uh, take, obviously saw this and either wrote very quickly or this piece or because um, it just show it, it, it's just from last night um, or she was given an advanced copy. And she, in part, she says this. She first, this is the quote I was looking for. This is the CEO saying, we are thrilled that our revolutionary approach to data-driven communications played such an integral part in President-elect Donald Trump's extraordinary win. That was a news release that the company put out the day after uh, the election. And she goes on to just catalog. So Trump's campaign had a huge and global crew of high-tech, dirty tricksters. We know that Cambridge Analytica reached out to Julian Assange, there's another one, about finding and disseminating Hillary Clinton's deleted emails. We know that Robert Mueller, the special counsel, has asked the, the company, has asked Cambridge to turn over documents related to the Trump campaign. And Channel 4 News plans to air additional undercover footage about Cambridge Analytica's role in the Trump campaign tonight. Yeah, so what do we need Mueller for? <laughs> well, we do. We do. you got to believe he knows all this stuff and more. That's my bet. But it's such a pile of crap and horror of parasites and cockroaches and vermin uh, that to put it all together in some, you know, to neaten it up. And uh, it, I can't imagine. I mean, I don't know how Mueller or any of the people working on this, how they sleep at night. Their heads must just be spinning. Anyway, Goldberg notes that, you know, it's so weird because on the one hand, the Trump administration seemed like a bunch of idiots. On the other, she says, they won. Which makes it seem as if they must possess some sort of, I don't know, occult genius? Or maybe the secret of Trump's success is simply cheating. 
He and those around him don't have to be better than their opponents because they're willing to be so much worse. I think she's yeah. on. I think she's on to something. Oh, dear, 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 dear. So, fasten your seatbelts. Uh, trying to think what else I think. Oh, um, so I'm back sort of looking at Twitter, and I, I'm so far so good. I seemingly can do it without getting um, flipped out. But one of the things that really stunned me was this weekend when a former head of the CIA, John Brennan. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, think of who CIA guys are. They're guys who keep their own counsel. These are guys that don't act out in public. And to see that Trump has made somebody like John Brennan have to go on Twitter and respond to this tweeting president. And his tweet, John Brennan's tweet this weekend, I shall, I don't think I, do I have it all here? Yeah, maybe. It says this. When the, he's a, talking to Trump. When the full extent of your venality, moral turpitude, and political corruption becomes known, you will take your rightful place as a disgraced demagogue in the dustbin of history. Wow. Yay! Wow. Uh, we got a call. Hello, caller. Hello, Lynn. Yeah. Um, I got stupid call waiting going. But, um, off in another. Hello. <laughs> Hello. Wow. Hi. Hello? Yeah, go, go, yeah. go. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. No, what I wanted to say is I don't understand why you were talking about this stuff about this basically lies that they do these they could start with these television ads is when and democrats when they get in control again pass laws that when you put an ad up and it's got lies in it and they correct you you have to put another ad to say this was a lie i mean that's the kind of stuff that needs to, to correct a lot of this stuff like that that lamb commercials and some of those ones they had on any of these politicians that have ads that are just false Make them correct it. Say, yeah, you have freedom of speech, but you can't, it's got to be facts. You've got to have facts to support it. Yeah, it is amazing. I, I just don't get it. It is amazing that the FCC... How they get away with it. Well, they just, I, every year, every you know, election, same thing. Stop and think about it. The FCC will go batshit crazy if somebody says uh, shit on on their their air <laughs> if somebody says bad shit on their air that's like you can't do that you will be fine but they absolutely look the other way when our airwaves are polluted by politicians flat out lying to the american voter um yeah it's right. interesting it's interesting and and this because well there's freedom well, of speech there's freedom of speech i was just going to say that the first amendment does not um, say it has to be true. Your no. one's ability to lie. 
um, except by, except insofar as uh, the lies are slandered or or libel, you're pretty much allowed to say whatever you want. That pesky First Amendment, I'll tell you. But it would seem that it should allow people to say fuck then too. That's my First Amendment, right? Where'd that go? Well, those are, those, well yeah, that's the FCC. So here's. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that, that's because that's considered unprotected speech. I don't know <laughs> why a provable lie can't also be unprotected speech. Exactly. But, you know, it is, because then you sue for slander. Oh, dear. Yeah, so we're in a, in a you know, I felt, uh, Susan, you weren't, uh, you know, assaulted by these ads that... Uh, we were in uh, southwestern Pennsylvania during the Connor Lamb race that uh, was bought by millions upon millions of uh, of Republican money. They were vile and they were filled with lies. And um, I really felt, and I saw that some other you know pundit types have said the same thing, that the onslaught of those ugly ads turned people. Vampires off they really backfire and that's what happens when national outfits who don't know anything about the people of a district come in with all their money and their analytics and and it blew up in their faces it didn't help their candidate it hurt them so that's the good news well at some point at some point, people get insulted that that they're supposed to that that stuff is supposed to make them do one thing or another. You know, if it's so vile, it becomes insulting. Yeah, that someone would think that that would appeal to you. Right. I know. I agree. So that's that. Um, our caller's gone, right? As well, he should be. I just he had didn't to hear get him. Someone go. waiting. He had, he had to take that other call. Oh, I didn't hear him. Anyway, um, there's a. Again, I want to tell you, Facebook people, and I think it's most people. Most people on Facebook. I know I have an account that is because of this show. I have to tell you, I. I never look at it. So I don't. I keep. I always say I'm not on Facebook, but I'm not because I don't personally ever go on. I don't have a friend that I've you know friended. I don't have anybody. So my crap's not out there. I am on Twitter. Um, but again, beware. You're being bought and sold, and the way Cambridge Analytica took. You know they put. How many of you have seen these, like, personality tests, IQ tests? What fun. I've taken tests online about showing what political candidate you should vote for because you're most like this, and it always turns out to be somebody that I wouldn't. I mean, we like because it's it's sort of self-involved, right? Oh, let me see where I would come down on this. And 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 here's a question. Um, why would, uh, why would Cambridge Analytica be able to use some silly personality quiz to collect information about millions and millions of Americans to influence 
the uh, you to elect Donald Trump. Um, the question is, why else would the quiz be there? I mean, these quizzes are well, there because that's how they get they get access. They're fishing. Uh, they get access to your friends. Right. They are fishing, fishing. expeditions. And how readily we all bite. So every time you're about to bite, ask yourself, is this really necessary? I wonder what nefarious, you know, outfit is wanting this information. And these third-party apps, that's how Facebook, that's how Facebook makes money. I mean, Zuckerberg, what, I heard he lost $7 billion yesterday on paper. Um, I mean, so what? It's, it's just... I'm sure. Did you, did you see what the markets did? Yeah, it went kaplooey. Yeah. So third party, but this is how he makes his money, by people like Cambridge Analytica businesses like this collecting vast amounts of detailed information from Facebook users who he hands over to them. Uh, I, I just, you know, I don't understand this kind of repeatedly. He, he even he teaches people how to how to mine his his pages for face for Facebook for this kind of information. I mean, that was one of the earliest things that came out months months and months ago that they had their people teaching Russians. How to, to you use know, the how to work through these things? Yes. Yeah. How to maximize how to maximize their their response rate or the, or their or effectiveness on Facebook. They taught them how to do it. So even as we speak, there are these third-party uh, data collectors uh, vacuuming up, hoovering up intimate details about you and your friends and your family and uh that all that data never disappears <laughs> it's collected and held and facebook has no real recourse to stop it from falling into the wrong hands or being used for uh undermining democracy for no, instance no wait a minute let's let's talk <clears throat> let's talk about who has recourse we have no recourse because the minute you put a picture on Facebook, they own it. You don't own it anymore. They own it. And, and you're right. You can get off Facebook all you want, but what you put, put there, out there is there. Remains. I mean, you, other people might not be able to see it, but they still got it. Yeah. Unbelievable. So you have no recourse. I have a cough drop because I'm choking. Okay. Okay. Um, by the way, another story Sorry. that has an impact here in Pittsburgh on this day when there's just tons of breaking news is that a woman uh, was killed, um, I think in Arizona, uh, because a self-driving Uber, it looks exactly like the ones all over our streets here in Pittsburgh, uh, ran her over. And uh, that is the first pedestrian death. Uh, resulting from a self-driving vehicle, and uh, 
you will not see any of those cars on the road here today or tomorrow or the next day. We'll see how long they stop. Uh, the difference, I guess, is in Arizona, they do allow the cars to to drive, I think, without a human in them. Although I think in this case... Yeah, there, there was no human. No, I think there was, though, a human in this vehicle that did this. Um, I don't know. But here, you can't. You have to have a person in the driver's seat, even though they're not driving. But if something were to go wrong, like if he, you know, you would be able to take control immediately but so um all those uh yeah but that's almost impossible you know that's an impossible task to pay attention and not do anything it's tough you know so to constantly pay attention as if one is driving when while you're not, not driving is very difficult right so anyway um they they, they are a regular sight uh here uh susan's nephew um and his wife were here uh last week uh, they live in China. They came in for the ceramics uh, conference at the David Lord's Convention Center. And uh, we were walking around, and I, I, I said, so have you seen the self-driving cars? And they said, no. And I said, you haven't seen those big, you know, gray, like SUV-looking things with uh, a spinning thing on the top? And, and then they said, oh, yeah, we've seen those. I said, well, those are self-driving cars even though there's a person sitting there that person ain't driving um so they 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 said wow yeah we saw that he he couldn't figure out i mean they really you know you when you first see him you think what the hell oh boy so this shows how that uh, that technology is um not quite ready for prime time uh, and back, Susan. Yeah, I mean, they can't expect it to be accident-free. I mean, I, cars now. Although are. that's the theory that they're safer. Right, right. Oh, geez. I mean, the thing is, is that the the sense is, is that machines driving a car are will prove to be safer than humans. And my bet is that's true, <laughs> seeing as how so many humans drive. And how distracted well, they are. Well, theoretically, right. Theoretically, they can't be distracted, but obviously, they can make mistakes. Yeah. And I mean, it's my, my car has has a radar thing on it that you know, and and I've it always amuses me. It's it's you know the the same thing. It's driver assist. It's it's looking for me, and it and. But in the worst weather, like when it's snowing or blizzarding or or windy, it frequently goes out. <laughs> it's driver assist not available because it's it, for it whatever reason, with, right? So knows. it's it's not ready. I mean, most new cars. I have a new car, and it's got this nonsense in it that um, you know I tend to ignore. But all of a sudden, if I maybe get a little too close to a car when I stop, you know, this alert will come on. Bah! The car freaks out. Um, and that, so these cars, little by little, are becoming, uh, are taking control in as much as we want to give them control uh, away from us. Um, Sue, so I just want to share, if I may, uh, some of the words of a uh, sophomore high school uh, student here. 
in in Pittsburgh who wrote a piece about school shootings uh, for our local paper and I mean it's hard to believe this kid is a sophomore in high school my god he's just so smart and so brilliant his name is Davon Mangalamuri Davon Ma- oh boy Whatever happened to Bob Jones, for God's sake? Uh, David Mangalmurti, sophomore at Barack Obama Academy International of, Aca- of International Studies uh, in East Liberty. He's also, not surprisingly, the editor of the school newspaper. And uh, this kid... As a sophomore. As a sophomore, guys. As a sophomore. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think he's running circles around everybody. Good God, kid. Wow. But he wrote a piece, and he said what he has noticed, and I hadn't, but I guess he's right, or somebody must have done some due diligence. All these school shootings happen in rural and suburban schools they do not happen in cities think about it they do not happen in city city violence looks different well here's what he says i wonder i ask why there has not been a single successful mass shooting at a city school in this country for half a century i mean he did his homework and I'm not going to read his whole thing, but I'll just pull some. He, he really makes a good case. He says, I think people assume that cities are unsafe to begin with. That's certainly the assumption of people who live in suburban and rural areas, right? Their idea of a city is scary. Oh, it's scary. It's dangerous. Right. So he says, okay, so people assume that cities are unsafe to begin with. And because of that, security measures are heightened in cities. He says, that's why my high school uh, has three security guards, two metal detectors, and a policy of not putting plastic knives in the cafeteria. And he talks about the fact that he has to go through, every student goes through, they have to, their backpacks are, I mean, they have real security because they live in a city where people are aware that things can be dangerous. And he says, and the second reason for the safety of urban schools is just as as basic as the first. America as a whole is addicted to guns, says this kid, but its cities are not. And he's right about that too. The gun ownership rate of people who live in cities is way, 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 way lower than the gun ownership rate of people living in suburban and rural areas. And um, he says the nation's cities have accepted that having harmful substances off the streets is safer for communities, safer for families, and safer for students. And he says, our callous lawmakers, uh, uh, though, let the weapons equivalent of fentanyl, bump stocks, assault rifles, 
they let it loose in small town America. The nation's cities aren't behind this. And American cities, he says, have known, have laws that make it long and an onerous process to get your hands on a gun. And he says, you know, most weapons used in shootings in city, a city like Chicago are brought in from other counties or towns that have more relaxed gun laws. If you let urban people really call the shots here, no metaphor intended. They uh, come in from Indiana. Yeah, sure. From in Chicago, they come in from Indiana. It's a 20-minute drive, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, uh, th this kid is... Uh, this kid's really amazing. I had not thought of that. These shootings don't happen in urban America. This is a plague on suburban children and rural children. And just a few more words from him, from Davon Mangalmurti. For as long as I can remember, I have watched news footage of school shootings. You can imagine, if he's a sophomore, he grew up with this, right? He never knew a time when this was not uh -huh. normal. And I heard the wretched, scarred testimony of survivors. But until this year, I have never acted. Like most people in America, I always found myself gripped by cynicism, by a lack of hope that our country would ever free itself from its addiction to firearms. The media always moves on and people are quick to forget. Now, though, I truly believe something has changed. America is more outraged and more resolute than it has been for half a decade, and the collective assumption we make about the permanence of kids dying at school looks like it might be crumbling bit by bit. We owe it to the dead to make sure it stays that way. Yeah, we do. We owe it to our kids. I, d I don't understand how we have found ourselves in a country where people will just stare back at you when you say, why are dead kids just collateral damage for your hobby? Yeah. Right. Well, because they really think... By right. Yeah, but they really, the way they look at it is, it really isn't the gun, it's the person holding the gun. That's no, it's, it's it, the person The person can't do anything without the gun. The gun can't do anything with the person. It's a bad team. That's just a stupid thing to say. And what we've got is a situation where we don't face it. These people just pushed way too far. And, and now we've got to, we really do have to figure out how to get rid of these guns. Because there are way too many out there. And, and they've they have already flooded us with them. So what do you do if getting rid of them is not an option? Why shouldn't it be an option? No, Susan, we just arm the teachers. Arm the teachers. Well, I'm, I'm just going to the other end. I'm going all the way to confiscation and hunters. I'm, I'm not kidding. You, you, we're going to have, I want everybody to put their guns in the central armory. You can have a key. You can go in and get it. Whenever you want, but uh-uh, because we tried it your way, and your way doesn't work. Well, unfortunately, there's this Second Amendment. 
These amendments are... I'm not are... saying people can't own guns. They can own guns. Well, the Second Amendment even... I, nah, I don't know. I don't know. Our founding fathers, he, were, this was a different time. Can you imagine? I mean, anyone who thinks that if they knew that you could, <laughs> you could mow down, uh, you know, tens, uh, scores of people in, uh, in mere seconds... Uh, you know, all they knew was a musket. And at best, you, at best, what, you could maybe fire off two shots in a, in a minute? Maybe? I don't know. Incredible. So, just one other thing that I want to uh, note. Uh, it is a little thing that I read in the Saturday local paper. And um, it's about the CEO of... Um, I believe this is the largest natural gas company in the country, EQT. It used to be equitable. EQT. This guy's name is Schlotterbeck. Stephen Schlotterbeck. <laughs> You're having good names today. Okay, yeah, go yeah. ahead. Stephen Schlotterbeck, and he, um, he shocked everybody when he just mysteriously last week uh, left. And because everybody's saying, oh, my God, he must have, what, uh, groped somebody or what happened? And so he took to, uh, you know, to social media, uh, and he said, it was just a plain vanilla disagreement between me and the board on my value to the corporation. And uh, what he meant is he wanted more money. (laughs) Uh, than they were willing to give him. And it's not known how much he is being paid this year. The last time we know what he was being paid is 2016. He got $6 million in direct compensation. You can bet there was a lot more on top of it. And his current contract allows that if he resigns for good cause, he will get a $3.4 million golden parachute. If, on the other hand, his departure is deemed to be without good cause, he still walks away with $1.3 million. Can you imagine being able to have a contract <laughs> where you say, I quit with no good cause. Okay, I'll pay you almost $2 million. Can you imagine? And here is this jerk. How out of it is he that he left in a huff because they weren't willing to, and, and probably, I don't know if that would be considered good or bad, a huff, whether he's going to get the 3.4 or the 1.3 on his way out. But this is on top of God knows how many stock options, God knows how many this is and that's, six mil a year or more, because we're those, those figures are, are a little dated. Um, and it just, to me, I looked at it and I thought, jeez, uh, what is with people? God. Well, I don't you know. know, those those yachts the size of uh, the size of ocean liners are expensive. I guess keeping up with the Joneses when you're in that strata, yeah. And apparently he wasn't as well paid as some other guys in holding the same position in companies that weren't even quite as big. 
Um, and that must have gotten him real miffed. No, I think six, a six million base salary is actually I low. Mean, it sounds low. I know that sounds stupid. Yeah. Oh, he's supposed to scrape by on six mil a year. Well, I don't know. Anyway, he's gone. Aw. So. I'm sure there's someone willing to yeah. pay him more. I yeah, I bet he'll saying. land someone. Yeah. What, yeah. what do they know? I mean, what, 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 I have no idea what these people know that makes them worth this kind of you money. tell me it doesn't it's just they're all in this little cabal together all these boards are made up of other ceos they all just take care of each other it is such a despicable yeah i'll tell you american capitalism hey god it's a wonder we're not all walking around with mao's little red book all right that's it so so's we're done whoops we're done thank yeah, you bye yeah, bye. Jeez, that was quick. Did you notice Ernie didn't bark um, at all? Oh, Ernie now is a good dog. He got back from boot camp, and he's a good dog. All right, uh, guys, that's it for me. Uh, I'll see you tomorrow, I hope. Lynn Cullen Live, Monday through Friday from 10 a.m. to 11 a.m. and archived at pghcitypaper.com. The opinions expressed on Lynn Cullen Live are those of the host and do not necessarily reflect the viewpoints of Pittsburgh City Paper or its advertisers.